Hello and welcome to Smart Poker Study. My name is Sky Matsuhashi, and I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to study with me. So, in today's podcast, I'm going to discuss the three real reasons to make any bet or raise. I'll tell you what they are right now. Reason number one is value, number two is for isolation, and number three is as a bluff. Having a reason behind every bet and raise that you make, it won't always give you the results that you want, obviously, right? But having that reason, that leads to more logical decisions and better strategies throughout every single hand you play, and it's really going to benefit you on your poker journey. So to help you learn from this podcast episode, I have basically a transcript of it on the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 387. Head there right now. It'll help you take notes. And it's always nice having that visual reference as you follow along while you listen. Okay, let's do this. Gambate. We win and they get the chips. That sucks, dude. But I'm telling you, it's jobs. We got to get jobs. Then we get the khakis. Then we get the chicks. Starting tomorrow, we gotta stop playing games. Okay, so betting for no reason is a leak many of us have, or have had at one time. This just leads to spewing chips and giving our opponents a great win rate. And uh, I know I've suffered from it, and it still comes back from time to time. But perfect poker would be having a well-reasoned plan for every move we make. So we'll talk today about plugging this leak by having a reason for every bet or raise before we click that button. There really are only three reasons to bet. One is for value two for isolation, or three as a bluff. So let's dive into each of these just one at a time. The first one was betting for value. When we have a hand that we believe is better than our opponents, we want to bet to earn more of their chips. If you've reasoned through your opponent's range and you believe your hand is likely better and that he'd pay off your bet, then we'd be foolish not to bet. Remember, we're betting for value, so ultimately we want our opponent to call, so we have to offer the right price to get that call. If he's a station and will call larger bets with weaker hands, then shade your bet larger. If he's a nit or a tag, you know, a tight aggressive player, who won't overpay with lesser hands, then we've got to shade it smaller to elicit that call. And regarding draws, let's say it's the turn and our opponent called the flop bet. If we put him on a flush draw, then we've got to bet enough to make his call unprofitable. A flush draw on the turn will hit 18% of the time or so on the river. So remember that 4-2 rule from episode 45 when we talked about odds and outs. So we want to charge him more than that. If we bet half pot, then he needs 25% equity for it to be a profitable call, but at just 18% to hit his draw, it's unprofitable. So that's a good profitable bet we're making. And, you know, what should we bet if the guy is a super fish and will call any sized bet with a draw? We should make it two thirds, three quarter, pot size, pot and a half, whatever, to get all the value we can from our value hand. Remember that Asian businessman I talked about way back in episode 12 who raked in the cash by betting two or four times the pot versus certain players? I want you to be that Asian businessman and tailor your bet sizing based on the opponent to extract max value. So when we're betting for value, there's uh, you know a few different possible results we might get. We could get max value. You know, we did things right, we read our opponent's range, and we sized the bet properly and got paid off with a weaker hand. Great. We could also, or our bet could also result in protection. You know, you're maybe we're overcharging the draws, so the good players will notice this and ditch their hands, thereby awarding you the pot then and there. No need to worry about a suck out or anything. 
Uh, another result of value betting is we get info on their range. You know, say you're betting your top pair versus a tag tight aggressive player. He check raises you on the flop and you reason that he would only do that with two pair or better on this board. So now you can safely ditch your hand or continue in the hand. That's totally up to you. But your bet and his raise helped you to narrow his range. You know, he gave you some information with that raise there. Uh, another result of value betting, you can gain info on the on your opponent. When you see a showdown after making bets and raises, or he shows you the hand that he folds, you gain some insight into the way your opponent plays his hands. You might see something that you can take a note on, something like um, he overpays gut shots on the flopper turn, or he's capable of folding top pair weak kicker on a wet flop out of position. Uh, you know, if he shows you his hand, of course. So take notes on how they react to your bets and raises to help you in future hands versus the opponent. And by the way, don't ever fold your hand, but show your opponent your hand as you muck it. You know, you're better off if he doesn't know what you're folding. The least information he can have, the better off you're going to be. And uh, another result of value betting is sometimes you just get sucked out on, you know. It can happen. You bet pot on the flop and turn. Your opponent called with a gut shot and spikes it on the river. Well, so be it. You should make a note like the opponent calls pot bet, pot-sized bets, out of position with gut shots on the flop and turn. Now you know you can value bet really big versus this fool in the future. All right, so the second reason for betting, or raising, of course, um, is uh, as an isolation play. So pre-flop, you'll sometimes want to isolate one single player and play post-flop with him. Sometimes it's the guy in the big blind, or it's the gal who limped in or, or made the first raise. Whoever it is, you raise with the intention of getting heads up on the flop with this specific player. Now, this isolation bet isn't considered a value bet or a bluff because we haven't seen a flop yet. And as we know, the flop changes everything and the value of your hand. Pocket aces can go to crap with a, you know, a three heart board and you have the ace of spades, ace of clubs. It's it's probably not worth nearly what it was pre-flop, those aces, you know. So the flop changes everything. And here are some reasons for isolating a specific player. Maybe they call with a super wide and weak range. So you'll likely end up with the best hand and can extract a value down the streets. Or maybe they're a station that calls down and gives max value with marginal hands. Great! He'll call you down with bottom pair all the way, get a lot of value. Or maybe they're a fit or fold player that will ditch to any flop bet if they miss the board. And that's great because you just bet out at anything. If he continues in the hand, you know he has something, but most likely he'll fold. So those are some reasons for isolating some specific players. And basically, these reasons boil down to thinking ahead at the future expected value you can gain from playing against this specific opponent. So when isolating a player, we're looking to have the following advantages. We want a skill advantage, you know, we be better than they be. We want a positional advantage so that we can control how much money goes into each pot on each street and we get to act after they act. Or we want a card advantage. We have a stronger range than this superficial player who limp calls 75% of the time. And um, when you make the isolation plays, there's some results, some different results that can come with it. Of course, you can end up limiting the field, which is great. It worked the way you want it to, and now your head's up with the guy. Or another result is the isolation doesn't work, and now you're multi-way in a raised pot. You know, you tried to isolate the limper, and you got three callers. Oh, well, just play the flop accordingly now in this four-way pot. Another result of isolating could be everyone folds and you just win the pot outright. Great, you won it with no contest. 
picked up the blinds and antis, you know. And uh, another possible result is you get raised and have to fold or get max value out of your killer hand. Maybe you isolated with Jack 8 suited and got re-raised. Well, now you could just ditch it or call, whatever, and, you know, that's up to you. Or maybe you isolated with aces and now he raised. Now you can four bet get it in, baby. So before we get to the third reason for betting, which is bluffing, let me help you become a better bluffer with my Smart HUD 4 Poker Tracker 4. This bad boy has so many statistics on all of your opponents that you're going to find the best ways or uh, their most frequent folding spots, whether they fold to steals, they fold to three bets, they fold to C bets, they fold to donk bets, they fold to float bets or pro bets. Whatever it might be on every single street of play, the Smart HUD will help you make better decisions. Uh, you can get it by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud. And I want to thank these awesome poker peeps for purchasing it recently. They are, and it's a big long list, so bear with me. I want to thank Devin Gillis, Viria Gadusatla, Stephanie Martin, Juan Rodriguez, Jay Guzni, Chris Pazdrag, Fellows, Gary Gallagher, Emmanuel Salvati, Eugene Grishin, Mac, Paul Roberts, Eugen Fuchsbauer, Edward Apani, Guy Brooks, Taryn Goyle, Rob Craven, Wenna Mattress, Jelle Van Hoof, Michelle Prowl, Gary Redwood, Wesley Peters, Gary Warmby, Jared Walker, James Gonzalez, Iwani Pina, Timo Newman, Kelly Lord, Gray, and Robert Brown. Wow, super big list. Thank you all so much for making that recent purchase. You went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud and picked up the HUD, which I'm sure is helping you make more value uh, bets, bluff bets, as well as isolation bets. Okay, let's get back to it. Alrighty, and we're back. The third reason to bet um, is to bet as a bluff. And a bluff is when you bet with the intention of getting your opponent to fold a better hand. Pure and simple. Bluff bets don't want calls, period. You don't even want a bottom pair to call. You don't even want an ace high to call. You want everybody to fold when you've got that, when you make that bluff bet. And you normally make bluffs when you likely won't win at showdown. And indications say your opponent will often fold. Maybe he folds to a lot of double barrels, or you can rep a strong hand, or the board suddenly gets scary on the Turner River, or he's tight and only continues with top pair or better, or he's got an awkward stack and calling now will commit him to the rest of the hand. Whatever the reason, is you want a good reason. You want indications to say that this guy will probably fold. There's plenty of reasons that he'll fold, and it's up to you to think it through logically and assess the likelihood that he will do what you want. One important thing I want to say, now this is really key, seriously, don't bluff stations as they'll call with anything but an absolute whiff. Just go for value against these guys. Lots of poker complaining and whining comes from trying to bluff a bad player. You know, you'll hear people say, man, he called pot size bets on the flop turn and river with bottom pair. Oh my God, this dude sucks. Let me tell you how bad he played. Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, we don't want to hear that crap, buddy. Look, Having a reason for every bet means your bet is likely to elicit the reaction you want. If you want a fold, but the guy will never fold, don't frickin' bet. If you want a call, but the board's too scary and you think he'll fold to any bet, check an earlier street and hope he bluffs the next street, or make a tiny bet that he'll call or bluff raise, you know? You've got to do what you think your opponent will do. Or if you think he won't react the way you want him to, don't do it. And so... When we're bluffing, there's a few possible results, of course. You bluff and he folds. Great. Mission success. 
Another result is you bluff and he calls. Now you have to consider what he'll do on the next street and why he called. And the last result is you bluff and he raises. This is where the rubber meets the road. If you are on a semi-bluff and have some bit of equity, you'll have to assess whether a call is in order to try to draw out on him. Or if you think this guy's an aggro bluff monkey, you can always re-raise him. And of course, you can always fold. And so whatever you do, if he raises you, whatever you do is completely up to you and his situation and player dependent, of course. And one last thing I want to discuss is why we want to have a reason for every bet. And it's because a reason to bet leads to a plan for the hand. Before you find your reason to to bet, you often have to consider many things. Maybe the strength of your hand, how the opponent views you and your likely range, the range your opponent has and his possible hand strength, stats and how your opponent will likely react to whatever bet you're making, board texture and future cards, any table dynamics or tournament dynamics that might affect play, or if your opponent is tilting or is on his A game. There are so many things to consider, and having to come up with a reason to bet makes you actively think about the hand you're playing. I used to have an issue with just betting out because, you know, I felt like I had to, like I was the preflop raiser and obligated to do so. Or I would, uh, you know, always check raise a flush draw on the flop just because, hey, I've got a flush draw. But I taught myself to always have a reason to bet by playing lots of focus sessions where I made a tick sheet. And every time I bet or raised, I forced myself to think about my reason why. I would then make a tick mark next to the word bluff, value, or ISO. I counted preflop steals as either, as either bluffs or isolations, depending on my intent. You know, a cutoff raise could be to steal the blinds and antes, or it could be to isolate the big blind or the under the gun limper and value bets were only queens or better preflop but most value bets were or when i made a value bet they were mostly done post flop and kind of based on my hand strength and what i thought my opponents had of course challenge here's my challenge to you for this episode i want you to commit to having a reason for every bet you make Play a few focus sessions where you use your own tick sheet and mark off each bluff, value, or isolation bet you make. Notice what types of things you look for before you solidify your reason, and try to add more considerations as you practice having reasons for each betting decision. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Thank you so much for listening today, and your learning isn't complete until you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod387. And make sure if you want to exploit your opponents to the max, and of course, if you're an online player who uses Poker Tracker 4, you need to get the Smart HUD. Go to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD to pick this bad boy up. Well, until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.